welcome, welcome everyone. Welcome to the first episode of We Are Tus Padres. I am Diego. I'm here with my lovely wife, Teddy. Hello. And we're here to, you know, share a little bit about our journey into parenthood, into teaching, just kind of share a little bit of this and that. So, yeah, we are kind of creating this more as like a pet project, I guess, to express kind of how we handle parenting and everything that comes along with it, but also while juggling working with kids ourselves every single day with our jobs. And so we kind of, I don't know, we started a blog a few years ago that kind of helped us find an avenue to kind of express ourselves when we became parents or were on the journey to becoming parents. And we were really open with that process and people really responded to it and asked us a lot of questions and supported us and everything. But then, as a lot of you know, parenting is not easy. Uh, it takes a lot of time out of your day. And then on top of us working with kids, it was kind of like everything that kept, kept getting put back to the back burner, including the blog. And so... Now that our son's a little bit older, we felt like maybe it was time that we could afford to bring it back. And I don't know about you, but I always felt that talking is usually a lot easier than having to write it and edit it and look back <laughs> on my spelling or my grammar. Yeah, so because you know you're not the worst, the best with that. No, no, I like to spell things the way they sound, which is really, that's not the right <laughs> way. But hey, I don't teach English, so that, that works out that way. There you go. So like I said... Um, well, like Teddy said, we've been teaching for, what is it now, 12 years? 12 years, uh, yeah. We've been married 10 of those 12 years, mm -hmm. dating... 13. 13 years. So we've been together for a very long time now. Uh, and we actually just celebrated our four-year parent anniversary... Oh, yeah. ...a couple weeks ago uh, with our son. He turned four. So like Teddy said, you know, we've been, we tried to do that blog. It didn't really pan out the way we, we thought it wa we wanted to. So now we're here talking to you guys, getting some questions from some of our friends who have also now recently begun the journey themselves and who are also teachers. So hopefully, you know, we reach out to a few of you guys, you share some questions, you share some stories, and we can kind of uh, expand this little pet project to something that maybe turns out into something that could be uh, fun for us. Yeah, I think, you know, Diego said it best. We, um, we really, as silly as it sounds, we do like to talk, but I think sometimes parenting can just be funny. And even though it's frustrating and difficult and seems like it's like a never-ending cycle of the same things over and over again, in the end, it's hilarious. And we, a lot of times, enjoy telling the funny things that happen to us, as I know that many of you like telling funny stories about your children and the things that happen. But also what happens as you navigate how to be on the same page as a parent and how to make sure you're collaborating the right way and... Or how to learn from the wrong way. That um, way. That I mean, there's, yeah. there's been plenty of time where, you know, we've sat up at night, 11 o'clock already, and now we spend the next 30 minutes just sharing the funny stories that um, we experience either through teaching or through at home with our son and it's uh it's pretty funny just seeing how that evolves over time and how the stories evolve and how our strategies 
sometimes evolve or well i think that more than anything this is going to be a great way to explore our feelings around all of this because yeah we have our own personal parenting style but being teachers we are also exposed to different parenting styles we're exposed to a plethora of behaviors that kids like to um, put on display um, but we also see how a strong family connection or lack thereof impacts the overall well-being of a child and how they interact with the people around them in their daily lives and so I think that that more than anything for us is we always want that goal for our son is to right as long as he's a good boy as long as he's kind and he enjoys going to school and learning like those are our major goals as parents but we also see how taking wrong steps can lead to the complete opposite of that. And that's kind of where we are kind of, I don't know, exploring through this process. And I've had this conversation with uh, one of my colleagues at work. He's a dad of two boys. And we always you know, share stories about our boys, the roughhousing, the sports, the, the silly story that they talk about, the poop or whatever it might be that day. Uh, and one of the things that we always talk about is like, are did the way I handle this situation, is that going to turn out to be a good thing? Or did I mess my kid up? Or <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's always, it's always fun sharing those stories. And I think, I think that's kind of where we want to head with this is the sharing of stories, the sharing of perspective, of ideas, of strategies, or just things that we want to come back and be like, well, back to the drawing board with that idea. Yeah. So that kind of leads us. We thought of, kind of segmenting this in a few different directions. And so we realize, right, there's different parenting styles. There's like a helicopter parent or there's a tiger mom or whatever the terms might be. But we thought, you know, with the current times today, we're going to call this segment quarantine parenting because let's be honest, at this point, how are we just staying sane being locked in a house all day long with not only our child or children, uh, but your spouse. In our case, my in-laws, we Diego's parents um, live with us as well. And so there's a lot of personalities happening and there's a lot of cabin fever happening. <laughs> and it's good and it's bad and it's ugly and it's awesome all in one. So... Um, I guess we'll just kind of jump right in as like, how are we staying sane? All right, so how are you staying sane? How what, am I what's your sane? what's your go to right now? Okay, so it's funny. I think first being with my in laws is a blessing in this particular case because I think if it was just the two of us in a room with Lincoln all day long, it might be an issue. Um, I think between all of our strong personalities, we would definitely have some uh, more downs than ups maybe at this point. But I think overall, like some of the funny things, right, is um, I know we are taking a lot of um, pride in cleaning and disinfecting everything, <laughs> right? We're, we're trying our best to avoid um, 
Netflix is our best friend right now, especially the Tiger King. Tiger King. Um, more on that later. Uh, uh, let's be honest. We have to throw out the Pediatrics Association recommendation on technology. It's non-existent because we allow him to be on a device that as much time as he needs to because we're trying to work with our students online at the same time. Um, I will say this, right? I, I have to um, speak on, about one of my coworkers, and she'll know who she is if she listens to this. She is somebody who is obsessed with understanding and knowing the UV index for the day with the sun. And she is somebody who is greatly impacted and loves sitting outside and so I've been taking her advice and so any day it's even remotely nice and the sun is out we're trying to stay outside and do as much as we can um, I think we're real fortunate in that sense that right now this quarantine and this coronavirus is hitting us at least uh, when the weather's starting to be you know springtime nice. springs here Oh, forget it. If this was December or January, we'd be miserable. Let's just be honest. Yeah, especially this winter where it was just really cold and no snow, so there wasn't even anything to go do outside. It was just yeah. cold. Mm -hmm. uh, so one of the things that as soon as it started that I said what we should do was let's paint. <laughs> and if you know anything about me, I really don't like painting. I'll do the tape and I'll put tape all over the edges, but... Painting in itself is not really my style. Uh, Teddy will be the first to tell you that I'm, I'm very sloppy when it comes oh, to painting. The worst. A lot of drips all over the corners. It's more correcting the paint job than anything. But I handled my own this time, and I took the initiative to get the nice job. to get the project going. And today we finally finished the living room, the dining room, and the hallway. Yeah. Well, and I think that was the thing too, right? Like. We understood there's only so much you can do with Netflix, and there's only so much you can do playing games with um, our son. And so when we kind of started seeing the trend that maybe our governor was going to shut things down in our state, we immediately said, oh, crap, what are we going to do for potentially right. the next eight weeks? And so we quickly ran through our house and wrote down a bunch of projects of things that need to be finished or need to be redone at this point. And so we did like a massive run to Home Depot. So now we have, uh, well, we're, we've been two weeks home. So now we have six more weeks at least of trying to figure out how to finish up these projects. With the goal being that come summertime, there's nothing to do. Yes. We just enjoy summer. And I will say that, right, that as teachers, we are very fortunate that in the summers we have a little more flexibility to be able to stay home or to find jobs that give us at least, you know, time during the day with our families. And so it's funny because we normally save these kind of household projects for the summer when we know we have more time on our hands. So this quarantine actually came at a really nice time in regard to getting home projects completed. One of the projects was actually moving the garden the garden from across one part to the other side. So we had to move all the bricks, all the dirt. Yeah. But that was fun. That was fun. And then, cause then we got to toil the soil a little bit and we got to plant finally. And I think more than anything, right? Like I'm listing all of these things that like the quarantine has kind of brought on us and like how we're making it work for us. But more than anything, 
you know, you're hearing all of these things that we're doing because we have time on our hands. We're not feeling the need to rush or do something hastily because we know we only have two hours to get it done. We're in a point where it's like, well, we might be in the house three more weeks. So like these last three days, it's been rainy and cloudy. So we stayed a little bit more indoors and that's why we finished the painting. But if it was sunny today, I'm 100% sure we would not have painted at all today. Yeah. And I think that more than anything, right, this is kind of, I, I saw like a meme or something recently about how this is, this, you know, the COVID-19 is pretty much providing families a chance to kind of go back to how we were raised in the first place, which is dinner at five, dinner at five, the family hangs out together, no electronics at dinner, no electronics. Let's be honest, I barely had electronics as a kid anyways, because the type of devices kids have now weren't even invented or around. But I think that's the thing, right? Like, you don't feel the need to rush anything. So that means you take your time cooking dinner, you these projects. If I feel like doing it, cool, I do it. If not, well, it'll be there tomorrow. Um, we've really been enjoying like just taking nice slow walks as a family and not feeling like, well, we only have 15 minutes. Let's quickly run to the park and back so that we can move on to the other things. On top of just our extracurricular activities are canceled. We don't feel like we're stretched by any means because we're trying to squeeze in 10 things a day. So, so you have Netflix, right? Netflix. Yeah. And you Tiger King. Tiger King. Meow. I got my video games. Oh, okay. That's how you're staying sane. That's how I'm staying sane. <laughs> Shout out to my boy, Dre. We made it to Division 3 in Fortnite the other day. Oh, wow. I uh, got the FIFA League running Okay. with a couple of the guys. So I have that going with them. And then we got our Call of Duty. So, yeah, a lot of video games for me. And actually getting to play some video games with Lincoln. Uh, what are we playing? Marvel, Avengers game, Mario Kart, Mario Kart, Rocket League, the Rocket League, a lot of racing games. Lincoln's big into the racing games. So that brings us to what are we doing to keep Lincoln sane? Yeah, so it's funny. We kind of wrote down some notes prior to starting this because my first like thought initially was we're just letting him play on a device, but it's more than just sitting in front of a device, right? Like. He has an iPad. Well, I shouldn't say he has an iPad. <laughs> My mother-in-law has an iPad that she allows him to use. Um, and first and foremost, like, we, I feel like, have been doing a pretty good job of being selective in the games that he gets to play. Um, he does a lot of racing games, you're right. But more than anything, that's teaching him, like, cause and effect and how to manipulate the controls um, yeah, because some of those games, he has to slow down to go around the curves, or he has to, if he goes too fast, he does a wheelie, so he has to like hit the brake to go slower to bring the car back down, yeah. and to go over hills and jumps and things, so he has to like time it really well. Yeah, and I feel like in a way, right, that's kind of like hitting like an engineering type mindset, um, because he's having to understand... That's a good spin on it. Yeah, like... <laughs> that's a good spin on it, I'll, I'll take that's it. That's how I'm making myself feel better <laughs> But he also has other games like that works more on like his fine motor skills. Like he's doing this like ball game where he like has to move it in different directions and match it with the colors and like so his reflexes. He's working on that and yeah, it goes with the music and the yeah. beat. 
So I think the iPad, right, is something he's really enjoying now because at least he has variety. Um, he does have a Switch. We got him that for the holidays, um, thinking he would like Mario Kart. And as Diego said, that's they're spending a lot of time on that. And then, and then the Marvel Alliance games. Marvel Alliance. He loves that game. I mean, he's always been a big kid for like certain shows. So Netflix, Disney Plus, Nick Jr. app, that's saving him right now too. Um, so I think, right, we've got the technology aspect covered for him um, pretty well because that's pretty much what he does during the day when we are trying to be online with our students. But um, I will say, even though it's keeping him in a routine, he's not particularly thrilled about it on a daily basis, which is we're still making him do school every day. School day. <laughs> um, which I have to give a huge shout out first to our friend Leslie. Mm -hmm. She put us on this, but there is a lady called Miss Monica on YouTube. Her name's Monica J. Sutton, and she does like a daily circle time, like a morning meeting that's preschool-based, and so we've been incorporating that into his daily routine for the last few days, and he's reluctant, and he now even pouts and says, I don't want to do this, Monica, but in the end, he actually joins in, and he enjoys... He'll um, count, he'll say the letter, he'll yes. tell the weather. He tells the weather and tells us what weather bear needs to put on. Oh, he'll try to trick us and say, it's snowing outside, we need boots. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, so... I think, you know, maintaining a routine to a certain degree has helped a lot. Um, I can't say what this is going to look like long term. Because, <laughs> Talk to us in May. Yeah, if you give oh, us April, another six weeks of this, how's this going to pan out? I'm not sure. Which leads us to the two other things that are keeping him sane, which is ice cream sandwiches and Jolly Ranchers. If anything, we can get him to, we can bribe him with those two things all day long to get him to do what he needs to do. But as many of you know, four-year-olds take on a whole new personality within themselves. And he is developing his understanding of emotions, <laughs> which has made him want to say he's frustrated or annoyed a lot recently, which requires him to have his own private space for a long time, especially when we're forcing school time on him. <laughs> so one thing that has also been like a savior for him is we have a tent um, that he plays in, but now he's turned it into his private retreat when he's annoyed with mom and dad. Or he's very angry. He stomps up the stairs, <laughs> he does. which is hard not to laugh at. Yes. He's turning into a teenager already. It's not a three-nager. I don't know what a four is called, but he's there. He's there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but it's good that he's at least expressing what he's feeling, the anger, the frustration, or the sadness. But, you know, he works it out by himself, and then he comes downstairs. He's like, I'm ready for Miss Monica. Oh, I'm, ready. <laughs> I'm ready to do my worksheets. And so I like that he's learning at least that way. Well, I think, right? to kind of wrap up our quarantine parenting topic is I think that's still tying into that idea of just not rushing anything. It's really offered us an opportunity to take our time to have conversations with Lincoln, to help him sort out his feelings and 
what he's going through um, because it's not easy um, as a four-year-old to be kind of confined to your home. Um, I will say this, he's a major homebody, so quarantine parenting is right up our alley. We are rocking this, but he but it was likes tough. being at home. It was tough, especially when his birthday was, what was it, a couple weeks Last ago? Week, yeah. And we had to, you know, blow the candles out on FaceTime with his cousins and his friends, and he's like, come over, come over. So that part, I think that's been the hardest thing, at least for me, during this time, is that he, he likes to play. He's a... He could play from the time he wakes up until we have to force him to go to sleep. He will be playing, whether it's with his cousins, whether it was Tata or Gaga or us, or whether he's just watching something and playing along with the movie. He wants to play. And so I think that was definitely the hardest part about quarantine parenting was kind of explaining like, no, 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 we, you know, we can't hang out. We can't spread germs. And he's done a pretty decent job. I think that was probably hit the hardest time for him. I think his, like, saving grace in all of this is that he does like to stay at home, and he loves the interactions with just his family in general. So I feel like as long as Diego and I commit to being with him and playing with him every day, it kind of takes away the fact that he can't be around everybody else. And I think that's part of us being lucky as teachers and, you know, during this hard time is that we're both off at the same time. We're both available for him at the same time. And so we are lucky in that respect. And I think he's hopefully gets the best out of it and enjoys this time just being a homebody. Um, yeah. The only thing that I'm not looking forward to is when we do get to reenter society, how is he going to adjust back to real life? He's going to be begging for Miss Monica. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to be at home with Miss Monica now. <laughs> So let's move on, um, and let's move on to some listener questions. You know, we're calling we're going to call this segment "Mama versus Papa." Yes. So we are very fortunate that we have lots of fun-loving, uh, interesting friends who are willing to help us out at all times in a pinch, um, or kind of joining us on these journeys with some of our funny, silly, crazy ideas. Or just laughing have. at us. Or just laughing at us, yeah. So um, so we got some questions here. We have, we have three questions for Real simple today. questions for our first episode. You know, we didn't want to overdo it and kill yeah. ourselves. It's, it's like first. teaching. You start out simple, and then you make them more challenging as it goes on. So let me shoot the first question at you. What's been the age you've enjoyed the most so far with our little man? All right, so Mama's opinion on that is um, I kind of – have two, I guess. The age that I kind of have always cherished and always brings a smile to my face is when he was an infant. A little um, peanut? He was a little peanut. My little chanchito. Um, he was just delicious <laughs> as a little nugget. I would hold him. I'd have him in my baby yarn. And I think one thing... Um, because he was a really good baby as far as eating and sleeping, that it just really allowed us to solidify like our bonding. And so I just loved spending all day with him and cuddling. And then also like we were really good at napping together. Um, and I know Diego can attest to the naps that we would take. <laughs> I have pictures to prove it. Yeah. 
Um, so that was kind of, that's my first like age, but the other one has really been the last few months. Um, I didn't really think anything could top the infant stage of it all, but just the last few months, his humor and his vocabulary and the things that he says or does, like a perfect example is we had a, a poop accident earlier in our underwear and it wasn't a lot, but it required us to go take a shower right away. And I asked if he wanted toys in the shower. He was like, nope, don't need them. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get your towel. I'll be back. And I like peek in on him and he's like staring at the wall very reflectively, like twiddling his thumbs. And I'm like, hey, is everything okay? And he just says like, just plain as day, like, I'm just trying to figure out why I did that. And it's just like, you know, it's so ridiculous. Like at four, you're like an old man trying to reflect on your actions. Like, why did I underwear. just poop my pants? <laughs> and like, he didn't have an answer for it. Um, but he, he was, was reflective. He was reflecting on it real hard to the point. Like, he literally looked like that meme about people with their March birthdays, like staring out a window into the drizzly rain by himself with nothing else on his mind. But why did I just drop a load in my underwear? So what about you, Papa? This is your chance to answer. I think I've said this from the beginning. I loved him as an infant. I loved every year, every day with him. But <laughs> I said this, even holding him as a little three-month-old baby, I said, I can't wait till he's running around and just playing. Playing sports, playing soccer, playing basketball. And that's, for, so for me, it's as, as every year he gets older, it's my favorite because he's learning new things, like you said, his vocabulary. Like just yesterday, we were laying in bed and he was watching, I don't know what he was watching on Netflix, but he was watching a show. He didn't want to watch it anymore, so he grabs the, the, the fire stick and he hits the microphone button and he's like, Netflix, and it goes to Netflix. And I'm like, <laughs> where did you learn that? And so like that surprise that I get on a consistent basis with him, I think is always fun for me. And... I, and he, the electronics part, he picks up those things so fast, the Alexa or the Echo, whatever you want to call it, the TV, how to fast forward, how to rewind. So being able to just see that as he gets older and just knowing that or hoping that as he gets older, he's still trying to learn something new. So right now, it's definitely this age where he's running and jumping and playing and being a crazy man, I thoroughly enjoy it because it's a lot of energy and I like to think that I have a lot of energy, so I, I'm thoroughly enjoying it myself. All right. Question two on Mama versus Papa is, what's been the hardest thing so far with parenting? Papa goes first. The hardest thing for me was definitely potty training. <laughs> potty training was, I thought I hated, I will say this, I love that he's... I would say, what, 80, 90% potty trained? Uh, he's like 99% potty trained. Well, he's not wiping his butt, so he's not 99%. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and I still have to put him on the toilet, so maybe that can be a goal for us this quarantine okay. time. So. Oh, yeah. But I thought changing diapers was bad, but taking a underwear that's filled with poop <laughs> and having to like, do something with it in a panic, or like, you just don't know it. Well, How many I think that's a perfect... <laughs> panic because you panic in any of those scenarios so. i just poop in my hand it's just i don't know what to do like i don't want to get it anywhere i don't want to get any on me i don't want that poop 
to do something that he shouldn't do. Well, and you don't like my... So my mom's method is stick the underwear in the toilet and get the poop off there. And so it's like for Diego, between getting it off the underwear but sticking your hand in a toilet that's already dirty. It's just too much. It's too much for me. It's too much for me. Like I'm already... Like so I will take those exploding diapers over having to change a poop underwear. What? It's just too much. And then you got to throw it in the lot. It's just too much. So definitely potty training was, was definitely tough, but I'm so glad it's like, we're, we're right. We're like, we're more than 80% there. I'll okay. give you 80%. All right. I'll give you that. I will say this. I actually, if I had to take a guess of what I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say the hardest thing was when he had his surgery and they had to put him under anesthesia. I thought you were going to say that was the hardest thing that ever happened. Uh, That was was tough because to see, you know, you're, how old was he at that point? It was like a year, like 14 months. And they had to put him, you know, had to put him under the anesthesia for for like a little hernia. He had a hernia again. That was tough seeing that. That that shook me a little bit. <laughs> it shook me a little bit to see that because then he's like, Papa. And then you got to walk away. That was tough. That was tough. Oh. But the poop diaper, five years. That's what <laughs> I mean, pooped underwear. Poop underwear. What about you? Toughest thing. So I had a tough time narrowing this one down too because I think, again, it goes through stages. I think one thing that's really hard for me is like – Last year specifically, I had a really difficult class. So to have to deal all day with like behaviors of students, but then try to come home and exhibit like patience and self-control when he maybe was going through a difficult time, I just found my patience was very thin sometimes, but then I felt guilty about it. Um, So I always like managed to get over the hump, but that's always difficult. And I think a lot of teacher parents probably go through this is you see so many kids in so many different capacities. And sometimes you come home and some days you're like, oh, I love my kids so much. I don't want that to ever happen to them. And then on the flip side, it's like, oh, I've been dealing with a kid all day. That's, you know, do you do you think we put a lot more pressure on ourselves as being teachers and parents on our kids or on ourselves to you know we don't want our kid to go to school and then everyone's like how is that possible I think it's like twofold yes absolutely I have the teacher mindset of like what I don't want my kid to necessarily act or be like but I also think like I grew up in a very unique home I grew up in the south in Kentucky um where there was a certain structure and so I think that I'm trying to bring my own values or how I feel like my life runs or works or operates best in a modern world where it's not realistic or it's not maybe as easy to put certain parameters or structure on something because it's, it's just a different way of living life these days. Um, so the patience thing is definitely difficult. Um, I will say, I know you already mentioned the fourth birthday fiasco of just not being around everybody. That was really hard emotionally for me because there was nothing I could do to make it better. 
Um, I feel like there's always a way as a parent to change or make it better. And in this case, it was like we couldn't even take him to go get ice cream. We couldn't go to the store and get a toy. We couldn't do anything to take that sadness away in that moment. Um, but the other thing, and again, this goes in waves, is like eating and feeding. Like he goes through waves, and I don't get me wrong, Lincoln is a great eater. He eats a lot of things that I wouldn't think certain children at this age would. But he also goes through waves where there's days he only wants like bread and butter. <laughs> where like today, he had no problem shoveling all the pork and the vegetables in his mouth. But yesterday, if you would ask him to eat chicken, he would have spit it in our face. Like, I just, that's difficult because it's like you're trying to reason with something that's not reasonable at this moment. Um, and so I think that's it for the hardest things. Again, they kind of go in waves and like interchange a lot all right third question you start i'll read it you you answer first oh, okay, okay, okay. favorite memory so far so i think that's really hard as a mom to answer your favorite memory right it's like that idea of like who's your favorite child like <laughs> That's easy. It's, <laughs> well, in this case, it's easy to choose a favorite child, but the favorite memory, because we've already said this, right? Like, there's so many amazing things that happen all the time, and you always think this can't get any better, and then something happens the next day. But I think, you know, I will always cherish, like, our cuddles and our lazy Sundays and the hugs and kisses um, and him saying that he loves us. But I think as far as true activities that we do that, like, are just great memories is his love of cooking with us um, is really special to me because uh, that's some of my favorite memories growing up is cooking with my family. I think he suffers from, uh, what is it, mofo? No, uh, what is it? Yeah, fear, fear, FOMO. FOMO. FOMO, not mofo. <laughs> <laughs> close enough. I was close. See, there's that spelling. But yeah, yes. he. I think he fears missing out on things. Yeah. So he always wants to be part of it. Part of it. it could be anything. Yeah. Cooking. We could be building something. We could be everything he wants to be a part of. But I think that's also nice because then he kind of get in a feel for different interests and different uh, things that we do around the house. Because we all, you know, there's like you said, my parents live with us. And that's four different adults who have four different interests. Mm -hmm. Where I have like the video games and sports. You and my dad have like the cooking and the music. My mom just likes to hang out, watch TV with him, and be lazy. But she also plays lots of games with them, too. Mm -hmm. And she teaches him Spanish, which is also great. Yeah. But I think the other thing that kind of sticks out in my mind, because it's one of those, if I go through all my photos and videos of him, all of them are adorable and delicious. And I'm totally going to be a Beverly Goldberg one day. But <laughs> he... The first song he officially, like, remembered the lyrics to and sang it was pretty special. So, you know, most kids like nursery rhymes or something as, like, their first official song or, like, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, but not Lincoln. He actually, the first song that he truly remembered the lyrics and could sing on his own, even without the music, was... Um, it's a song called In My Mind by Swedish House Mafia, which is an EDM-like group. They're DJs that Diego and I particularly love. And when he was little, we would just play a lot of their music around the house as we were doing things. And 
Lincoln was always drawn to like the techno beats and the sounds that were being, um, you know, coming out of the speaker. And so this was one song that I randomly played one day and then he kept asking me to play it again and again. And then after like two or three months of hearing it, I caught him one night, I think it was at bedtime, he started singing it to me, but he had like, you know, bits and pieces, but it was still one of those moments where like, it just took my breath away to hear him almost like a lullaby to sing himself to sleep. He started singing this <laughs> EDM song. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's kind of my favorite memory so far that I'll always cherish. What about you, Papa? I think it's when he first said like his Spanish words, whether it was counting in Spanish or um, what, what did he do? Or he was reading, I think, the book, the, the caterpillar, the hungry caterpillar he started doing in Spanish. So hearing him speak Spanish, and I have to thank my mom for that and my dad for talking to him in Spanish the, the majority of the time when they're with him. So definitely hearing him speak Spanish and knowing that that bilingual aspect of his life is going to be a big part of his life. Those are always fun memories. And I think the first time he said, I love you without one of us saying, I love you to him first. He just said it out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Those are always nice, sweet yeah. memories. They were sweet memories. So that comes to the conclusion of our three questions. Thanks to our special friends who sent those to us. Um, so we're actually going to wrap up here with like our final segment, which is not necessarily parenting related. Um, it, we're going to call this the five minute timeout. Um, instead of putting our children in timeout, um, like most of us maybe do, even though that's wrong these days. Uh, so they say. So they say. Um, we're going to give each other a five minute timeout where we're going to get to just speak what's on our mind for today. So I'm going to. I'm going to let Diego start his five-minute timeout now. So my five-minute timeout has to do with social media. I know, you know, you go on social media, you people are like, oh, people are too connected to social media. They have no no connection to the real world, da, 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 da. But right now, with all this going on, like social media, I mean, regardless of the news or whatever, it's, still, it's like helping us. And all the technology that's out there is helping us stay connected. Like, imagine if there wasn't a Facebook. Imagine if there wasn't anything like that, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, or whatever it might be. How will we be connected? Like, just, just tonight, we had a Google Meet with my sister and her family, and then my, and Lincoln got to see his cousins. We got to joke around, watching, taking pictures of ourselves with, like, the, Instagram, uh, the, the Insta Snapchat. Snapchat filters and just having fun like that. And then the other day, I got to do like a, a big simultaneous viewing of Batman vs Superman while Zack Snyder was doing live commentary of the movie and like giving us uh, tidbits of the movie as we're watching it with him over the Vero app. So it's just that aspect of how social media is keeping us connected and keeping us sane, essentially. Mm -hmm. So I, I have a big respect for social media. Not I don't know if it's a big respect, but a big appreciation for that social media right now and just using it to the best of our abilities right now to stay connected during this time where we're supposed to keep a distance. I think that brings up a really good point. I actually didn't know that's the avenue you're going with this, but it always makes me think about like, there have been so many times where I'm like, do I really need Facebook? I mean, I could do without it. But at the end of the day, since we live in New Jersey and I grew up in Kentucky, 
I feel like that's like my only lifeline to know what's happening in my like hometown area and with all my family and friends that still live there. And so it's like one of those, it's like, you know, I, it's like the good and the bad, right? Like you see the, the good in all of it. And then I get everybody gets tired of it or they're tired of just seeing the same old or you end up blocking people because of like the content they keep putting up. Um, but I kind of feel the same with Instagram. Like I initially signed up for Instagram for it to be more of a storage for all of my amazing photos. <laughs> I label them amazing. Okay. But, um, <laughs> it was more for my own self to, to keep track of my photos and my memories as like a timeline, because especially since having Lincoln, I do those like yearly chat books where like we take all of the content from the year and say this was year three for him. But you're right. I think especially in the winter months, but especially more recently, it's like that's that's like my lifeline to the whole world right now to even know what's happening anywhere. Because, for example, I love I mean, Diego grew up in Morristown, New Jersey. Um, and we lived there for a long time, but we've moved out. But they have all these, like, Facebook groups right now of uh, ways to stimulate the economy and to help out the neighbors and small the restaurants yeah. and small businesses. And Shout even, out to Cluck You. <laughs> <laughs> um, and even the hospital, um, Morristown Memorial, um, like, they're in need of some things. And so it's one of those things, like, we live nearby but we wouldn't even be aware of all the efforts being put into helping in this time of need if it weren't for social media. And so that's actually a really good topic, Dave. Oh, thanks. Yeah. I try sometimes. You try sometimes? What about well, what, do you, what do you got? My five-minute timeout <laughs> is totally opposite, which is I know about, at this point with the quarantine happening, about, I don't know, 95% of the world at this point, or at least America, has been watching Tiger King. Yeah. And let's just be honest, like, it's a train wreck. It's amazing. You can't stop watching. But I don't want to run down, right, what Tiger King is really about, because I think most of you do know. Um, but there's a few thoughts that I have around <laughs> it. One is I saw somebody ask this on Facebook the other day, which was, um, like, if you were to work for one of the keepers, who would you most likely go with? Oof. And there were a lot of people that said that they would either go to the big cat uh, rescue, rescue and work for free because they, because they were thinking more along the lines, if it's a volunteer, I can choose when I really want to go. Like, so I thought, okay. And if you're a volunteer, you can step away. Right. But then the others were saying, Joe, hands down. And I was thinking like, whoa, like Joe was like surrounded by meth heads. He paid them very little money. They were living in like trailers. And I don't know if you guys were looking at the surroundings <laughs> of those trailers when they were doing it, but it was like, holy moly. Like it was, it was, they even showed that scene where there was like a rat in their clothes or something, right? And it was like... Joe Exotic is not my idea. So I was like, you know what? I think out of all of them, I would go with Doc. You know what it entails if you go to Doc, though. That was the problem, though, right? Because I know they did show that like whole part of like the girl that eventually got away. 
But I just felt got like... Got away, like it's a cult. Right? <laughs> well, that's kind of in a way how they presented it. But I just felt like his facilities were super clean. The way he even handled himself and all the people that worked were super clean. They may have been a little bizarre, but you even said it yourself. Doc was so smart. Like he had the good. He he made he had the image. The image. Okay. He, he right. had he the had image, image in terms of the business looked clean. It looked legit. It, everything looked like it was like a resort almost. It looked like, mm-hmm. and so I think he definitely handled it the best out of all of them. Yeah. But I don't know. Um, well, so then this brings me to like this other point of Tiger King that I wanted to talk about, which is, I don't know if Diego's been feeling this way or not, but Diego and I a few years ago had the opportunity to go to this place called uh, Wildlife in Need um, in Indiana, which is with the guy Tim Stark who's featured in Tiger King at the end. He's the one that's helping build that zoo in Oklahoma or whatever. Um, and one, I loved him in this show. I just felt like he, like it was like no BS, straight shooter. And, and if you follow him, which we did on Facebook, the way he is on the show is the way he is when he records his videos. Like he's yes. the same guy, straight shooter. Right. He wasn't, he wasn't acting fancier or showing off for this documentary, right? right? Like, and like Diego and I went to his rescue place. We played with tiger cubs, but I'm starting to feel a little guilty after seeing Tiger King that we paid money to play with these tigers. I know Carol wouldn't be happy. Kara wouldn't be happy with us that we contributed to that. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it was an amazing moment in our lives. But I'm starting to just kind of feel. Well, it's either that, or we drop two thousand dollars and we buy our own tiger. <laughs> I mean, quarantine. Maybe we could train the tiger in the time at home, and we could have it ready to go. Mm, that's interesting. Sure. But here's the other point about Tiger King. And this actually, in a way, is kind of like a a viewer question. It was in a chat I was having today with some of my friends, which was um, one friend in particular. um, I'm not going to say her by name, but I know she'll appreciate this shout out if she's listening. Is um, She asked if it was too early or acceptable to already rewatch it. And I immediately said, absolutely not. Rewatch that as much as you <laughs> You're want. looking for the Easter eggs, the hidden so, message. Exactly, because I connected it to, if any of our watchers have ever watched, this old gem from Showtime called Polyamory. Oh, no. This show was a train wreck, but every time you watched it, you learned something new. You about saw something new. You learned something new. There about the characters. About the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About the characters. <laughs> you'd see something like hanging on the wall in their house that you'd be like, how did I miss that the first five times I saw this episode? And so I kind of equated it to that. Like Tiger King could be her polyamory show, which is maybe if she watches it another time or even three or four more times, She's gonna be like giving us great insight on things that we. Maybe didn't she'll see. find out what happened to what's it in Don Lewis. Oh, maybe there's enough information to solve. His I did see today that a sheriff in Florida put out a tweet saying that if anyone had information on the on the on that case, just let him know. I wait. I saw something too that they were gonna try to get Joe Exotic to help him from prison. Oh man. 
So, I mean, listen. Uh, so I'm waiting for the movie where they get those actors to play those characters. Because uh, yes. there are some good ones there. Yes. So, Tiger King Tiger. season two coming soon. <laughs> I guarantee it. You guarantee it? I guarantee it. I like it. So, anything else? No. I think, you know, I think this was a nice... Intro? Intro to what this podcast might bring for us. Um, and so, obviously, we will be sharing this out. We'll be sharing this out. We'll, we'll have it on our Facebook page. It's we are two padres. The email is we are two padres three two two at gmail.com. So if you have any questions, you want to shoot us a text. If you know us personally, if you want to shoot us a, a question on the Facebook page once it's up, you just uh, give it to us and we'll try to include you guys in the questions. Or if you have a topic that you think we should kind of go over, we'll definitely will. But you know, first episode in the books. We'll see you guys maybe. When social distancing is over, but if not, you know, you'll, you'll hear our lovely voices, hopefully again sometime soon. So from Teddy and me, thank you for listening. Yes. And Have a great rest of your day. Bye, guys. <laughs>